Hey, Emily, I got a joke for you. All right, hit me. Okay, what do you call two people sitting in front of their computers chatting about words? Oh, man. Uh, uh, sad? Yes, but also, welcome to Butter No Parsnips, everybody. Hey, <laughs> welcome back to another episode of Sad. Another episode I mean, of Sad. I mean, Butter No Parsnips. Yes, Students Against Drunk Driving. Welcome to Butter No Parsnips. Every week on Butter No Parsnips, your hosts Emily Moyers and Kyle Imperator take you on an adventure through the weird, wacky, wonderful, and sometimes even wicked world of one wayside word. Strange characters, delightful bits, and general joyousness abound. Join them as they test each other's etymological expertise. I'm Kyle. Oh, this is... I'm Emily, and I am against drunk driving. Yes. And a student of all knowledge. A student That's of the right. world. Yes. I am indeed. And studious as I am, I have prepared a fun little word for you today, Kyle. You can't see, but I'm doing that little thing where I uh, twiddle my fingers, like, in excitement. <laughs> yeah, you do always do that. Yeah, but you can hear it, though. Can't you hear it? Yeah, I can hear the little tingling, tingling. Yeah, tingling, Yeah, it's there. Um, lay it on me. I'm so excited. All right, Kyle, your word is calumny. C-A-L-U-M-N-Y. Oh, calumny. Calumny. Yeah. Calumny. Calumny. It's not calumny. I, like alumni? <laughs> yeah, calumny. Calumni? No, it is yeah. calumny, I believe. Calumny. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'm going to... Oh, wow. Yeah, this is foreign to me. I'm going <laughs> to guess that the... Um part means that it's like, is it Greek? Close. Latin? Yeah, originally, yeah. It is Latin into Old French into Middle English. That makes sense. It does make sense. We'll talk about why that makes sense in a minute. Oh, good. <laughs> it, was it uh, transported through those countries, like physically? <laughs> it was <Academy>? FedEx shipped. <laughs> yeah. Is it a noun or is it an adjective? It is a noun. The adjective would be calumnious. Calumnious. And, and the verb is calumniate. No, there's a verb of this? No. Those are lesser used, though. It is mainly used as a noun. Calumny. 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 Is that the state of being a pillar? The state like of being a column? <laughs> Calumny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Calumny. Oh, my no, God. Close. I'm just standing there holding things up. All <laughs> calumny. Not quite. When did it come to English? Like, is there a like an? It a it came to Middle English in the mid fifteenth century. I mean, I I literally have nowhere to go on this. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a hint I could give you, but I can't. <laughs> All right. I mean, listen, I'll I'll take a I'll take an X on this one. All right. Calumny is a false accusation or charge brought to tarnish another's reputation or standing. Oh. Uh, a libelous detraction or slander. Hey, I do calumny all the time. <laughs> Watch. Ready. Ready. Here we go. Emily is the weirdest. Oh. Uh, 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 I'm trying to do something that's actually not. 
really <laughs> offensive. Uh, oh, Kyle's the weirdest, just too nice. I uh, can't think of anything. A parachuter else. I've ever seen. She puts the parachute underneath her. It sounds like a match game setup. <laughs> How weird is she? <laughs> Gotta get Gene Rayburn out here. Wow, these are these are hard hitting current references. <laughs> yeah. So calumny, it is originally from the Latin word calumnia, which means false Ooh. accusations or malicious charges. It also possibly meant trickery or subterfuge Ooh. from the Latin verb calvor, which meant to deceive, which if that's true, I feel like that's super interesting. I feel like I didn't think of slander as having that much of like an insidious meaning. I feel like subterfuge is way more like, I don't know. Yeah, like purposeful. Yeah. Yeah, where slander is just like, all right, I don't like this guy, so I'm going to, but subterfuge, you know, when you think of it like that, it's like, oh, there's like a a plot against me. Yeah, yeah. Like slander could just be sort of idle chat, yeah, whereas yeah, subterfuge yeah. is like, I want to take you down. <laughs> I'm going to bring you to calumnia and I'm going to, tear your hair out and paste it back onto your face yeah see now 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 they're seeing the real kyle (laughs) this is what goes through your mind every day oh we're recording sorry i was just saying that to emily (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the latin word eventually morphed into the old french word calomni c-a-l-o-m-n-i-e and that went to the middle english calumni c-a-l-u-m-n-i-e And as you were saying earlier, French to Middle English makes sense. And I'm going to quiz your linguistics knowledge here. Do you know why that makes sense? Uh, Because at some point, uh, the French all moved to the middle of England. I mean, basically, you're right. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I said that because I knew it. That's right. So during the 11th century, which is like when Middle English formed, there was a French invasion of England called the Norman oh, Conquest. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Norman. I remember him. As in Norman D, I believe. Yeah, Norman D. Rockefeller. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He led the charge. Yeah. And and after Norman D. Rockefeller set up shop, <laughs> there were all these French colonies in England and French people living amongst English people and their two languages intermingling. And that is basically how we got Middle English. Oh. Oh. It was like a merging of Old English and Old French. That's really fascinating. It is because you can see it. If you've ever looked at like pieces of Old English writing, like Beowulf yeah. or something, it looks like... Yeah viking language which it basically yes. was but if you look right. at writing in middle english like the canterbury tales or something it looks a lot closer to like recognizable english and it looks more like a romance language because it's there's mostly french in it <laughs> it was frenchified they put was, french's mustard on old english that's right. they they french fried old english <laughs> yeah they french stewarded old english <laughs> yeah what are more puns <laughs> What's even cooler is I actually found a quote in Middle English that uses the word calumny. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, it is from the book Legendies of Holy Woman, which means <laughs> Legends of Holy Women before Holy the Great Women. Vowel Shift. Are written... you going to read it in Middle English, Old English, Middle English? I mean, so <laughs> so I have this <laughs> quote in Middle English It's mostly, you know, in terms of how it's pronounced, it is mostly close enough to modern English that I'm just going to read it in modern English. There isn't a huge difference. 
I'll be sad, but that's, that, that is how we started the tone of the episode. So. Let me just tell you, reading this quote in terms of like the spelling <laughs> was a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, just a bit of background here. I emailed this passage to my college roommate, Anna Maria, because we were both English majors in college and this is the sort mm-hmm. of thing we thrive on. And we spent like an hour going back and forth like first just trying to work out what all of the words were individually because yeah. the spelling is nuts and then trying to make the sentences make sense and make <laughs> meaning out of it. It took ages. So uh, shout out to Anna Maria is what I'm saying. Thank you, Anna Maria. Yeah. Hopefully. So what you're saying is you've worked this out enough that if you say it out loud, I should just get it, right? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's see. Yeah, so this is a book called Legends of Holy Women. It was the first all-female hagiography, which is a book about saints. Interesting, I was going to say. Yeah. That's fun. It is fun. And I think this is a quote from one of the saints. Although, as I said, it was difficult to read. So it's an auto-hagiography. Well, no, like this is like a quote in the book. Oh, gotcha. So it was a biography that a man named Osborne Bokadum wrote about several female saints. And this is, I think, a quote from one of those female saints. All right. And she says, and I quote, Injury may not be said properly, but with words of deceit it uttered be. Wherefore false to have said, first prove me. And if thou cannot, thou art to blame. With false calumny me to defame. Oh, it's it's rhyming. I like it, that. It ends on a rhyming couplet. That's how you know she's noble. <laughs> <laughs> Are they trying to pass it off as like, she just, like, that just came out rhyming? Like, she just said it <laughs> on the spur of the moment? Yeah, yeah. I, he may have taken some artistic license, <laughs> Osborne. No, I like to think that that was real. <laughs> Every, I, I, I think everyone in the, the 1100s just spoke in rhyme. Yeah. But yeah, as for what that means, Anna Maria and I debated a lot. We think generally she's saying like, <laughs> like I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> <laughs> like you're making up yeah. slander, but you can't prove it and I'm better than you. <laughs> that that sounds like something women might have had to say back then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And nowadays, I'm sorry, women. Thank you. <laughs> it's good that you're taking that stance now because... <laughs> you're going to see in a minute what we're about to get into. <laughs> okay. Am I going to regret taking that stance? No, no. Or? You're going to you're going to be you just need to make it clear that you are on the side of women. <laughs> okay, gotcha. <laughs> so, in terms of the use of calumny in modern English, there isn't really like a specific first usage because it just sort of gradually developed as English developed, you know, from Middle English into early modern. Sure. But there is one usage that we absolutely need to talk about. And in fact, we need to talk about it so much that I'm going to spend the rest of the episode talking about this one book. (laughs) All right. Sure. Yeah, definitely. This is uh, a book from 1662 by Jacques Olivier. It is written in French originally called L'Alphabet de l'Imperfection et Malice des Femmes, or the English version is titled A Discourse of Women Showing Their Imperfections Alphabetically. Oh, wow. And it is basically just this, I mean, this incel, I assume, (laughs) naming all of the flaws of women letter by letter from A for avarice to Z for the zeal of jealousy. Wow. I mean, it's crazy to me that 
some noble person didn't get to writing that before he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love, I love that he really had to reach for the zeal of the zeal of, Really, yeah. he got to Z, I mean, and I was like, I don't know what to do here. Couldn't you just say, like, zealousness? I don't know. <laughs> but I, he really had jealousy on his mind, and he needed yeah. to, like, get that out there. The zealousy of jealousy. That's I what already, he should have said. <laughs> I already used J for, I don't know, too many jello molds or something. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think that all of the letters end up just being jealousy somehow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, B yeah. is the butt ugly jealousy that women have. Uh, well, G yeah. is green with jealousy. Now that I'm thinking about it, A is for avarice, which is like yeah. not far from jealousy. Yeah, greed. Yeah, it's kind of jealousy, like wanting things that other people have. So, yeah, I mean, I guess the divorce isn't going well. Yeah, is, is what I'm getting from Mrs. Olivier. <laughs> This is Olivier. So this book, I was originally looking at the English edition. He released it first in French in 1662. And then a couple of years later, he released it in English. I think he either translated it himself or like with other people's help because it, like it was the original author, Olivier, that re-released it. Oh, wow. And the English edition starts with this foreword, which is directed, quote, to the English ladies. And hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna read that forward now, or at least the beginning of it. Did he write this forward? He did. He wrote this okay. himself. And it says, quote, to the English ladies, madams, this is intended generally for you, but yet it excludes none. You are the ablest judges whether the French suit with your nature and sex in this discourse. The author is rendered as a looking glass to our English females, wherein with truer reflections they may see themselves and correct those native blemishes by the exactness of these foreign characters. My jaw is on the floor. <laughs> so so what what uh, what are you getting from that, Kyle? What what is he what I mean, is he's saying ex- there? Excuse my French, <laughs> but what gall? <laughs> That's like a triple pun there. Oh, that um, is gall, yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm so good. Let's what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. Yeah. So he's essentially saying, like, this is written about French women, but, you know, maybe you English can look at this and, and <laughs> see something and shape up. Yeah. Take a look <laughs> at our hideous, just freaking awful French ladies and English ladies do better. Yeah. Well, if you think that's wild, so that, as I said, is the foreword in the English edition. But then I went back and looked at the original French edition mm-hmm. and, you know, put that through Google Translate and, and got yeah. a translation. And that book also starts with a foreword directed at French women. Sure, sure. And uh, I'm going to read that quote with the attitude that I think it should be read. (laughs) (laughs) I can only imagine there is one attitude for this, but yeah, go on. And I just want to remind you, the the English edition started with, very gently, to the English ladies, madams. The French edition starts with, to the worst in the world, women. Oh my God. If your haughty and fickle mind could recognize the height of your misery and the vanity of your condition... You would flee the light of the sun, seek darkness, enter caves and caverns, curse your fortune, regret your birth, and have horror at yourself. But your blinding lack of knowledge makes you abide in the world, the most imperfect creature of the universe, the scum of nature, the seminary of misfortunes, 
the source of quarrels, the plaything of fools, the scourge of wisdom, the brand of hell. He's just going on and on and on. The brand of hell? A monster in nature, a necessary evil, a multifaceted chimera. Oh my God. He is just listing uh, like scathing epithets for how he views women. Yeah, like this is like an adi- like he could have just included this as a part of his own dictionary here. <laughs> like <laughs> S is for the source of quarrels. Uh, okay, here's all of like, the things in alphabetical order that are awful about you, and here's all of the ways in alphabetical order that you make me feel about you. <laughs> like <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. So Holy cow. So he said the bread of hell? The brand the, of hell. Oh, brand of hell. What, there was one before that that I was like, what the heck? The scourge of wisdom? Yeah. My the chimera personal, one. What was the chimera the, one? The, a multifaceted chimera. Good, my good, good, good. personal favorite is, though, unnecessary evil. <laughs> oh, I, my God. I that's... honestly would proudly wear the moniker unnecessary evil. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, that's like a, that's like a Liz Warren moment, you know? I, I kind of, I, I don't necessarily want to talk about the character of Jacques Olivier. I'm more intrigued by like, who do we think he is, he is ranting about here? Who do we think he's, he's vague texting about? Yeah, like, like what, what woman (laughs) did him dirty that he's got to write a whole novel about it? Yeah. Uh, but I um, feel like the woman didn't really do anything wrong. No, like, <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, because we've already established he's probably an incel. Yeah. Whatever that is yeah. in French. So I'm thinking, okay, so here's what I'm thinking. This was the 1600s, you said? Yeah. So I'm thinking, all right, so this guy's, you know, <laughs> he's out at the gym, you know, the yeah. 1600s gym. Which is, I guess, just like running for your life from some wolves. <laughs> yeah, wolves, like wagons speeding down yeah. you know a cobblestone path yeah because people don't you know move out of your way no um, there's no he's there's just, no driving laws yeah exactly and he's just running down the street <sighs> and some ladies running next to him and <sighs> they're trying to escape and he turns to her and he's like <sighs> you're not doing that right <laughs> he's you're, like you're you know if you, if you tuck your arms in more you're gonna yeah, yeah. Yeah, you'll, more you'll get away faster. <laughs> and she's like, I know what I'm doing. And he's like, She's like, right, yeah. I went to Oxford University for running. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, so you come here often? Can I get your number? Uh, my, my what? Hey, listen, do you want to have 20 kids together and then only 10 of them survive? Oh, um, no, that's okay. Uh, I'm, oh. I'm already, I'm already married because women get married when they're like 16 in this period. So, uh, yeah. Women are the devil. <laughs> and immediately, like, whips out a, a piece of parchment and a quill. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. To the, the worst The wagon in the chasing world. him stops, and, like, a guy gets out, and he's like, man, I just saw that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, women are the devil. Yeah. yeah women, like, just a multifaceted chimera. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Yeah, they they workshopped that rant together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just a necessary evil. <gasps> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Kyle, the reason yeah. I bring up this hilariously offensive book. Yes. 
is that in the alphabet of imperfections, the letter K apparently stands for chaos calumniarum, uh, oh. which, which he translates as confusion of calumnies. With Ks. Just the first, just chaos starts with K. And I just, oh, okay. I just need to tell you that not all of the chapters start with a Latin phrase, just the ones where he needs to like reach for a letter. Yeah. He's and like, secondly, uh, nothing starts with K. <laughs> well, but also the Latin word for chaos doesn't even start with a it K. It doesn't, right? It's spelled the same as it is in English. <laughs> oh my God. So he just, he just, he just assumed that people wouldn't know the difference. I guess in 1662, they probably wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, it didn't have to be an alphabet. <laughs> like if you can't find the words for it, don't make it alphabetical. Maybe the guy driving the wagon suggested that, and he was like, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, I can do that. And then yeah. he got home and was like, oh, I absolutely cannot do that. God, I can't let this guy down or he'll chase me again. <laughs> so so Mr. Olivier starts off the chapter by just talking about why calumny is such a sin and a vice and a horrible thing to do. But after he gets done with saying all that, he says, I'm going to read another quote here. The woman, questionless, is the most subjected to this vice, for handling her tongue so nimbly it is no marvel if it very often be injurious. The prince of philosophers not only terms her in his politics a babbling creature, but adds also that if at any time they happen to be eloquent, tis not to appear virtuous and wise, but to give proof of their impatience in talk. They will have sooner framed and reared a house full of injuries for the smallest thing in the world than the best workman in the earth could have contrived one. They bestow so much industry and have such faculty of defaming those they hate that their enemies are soon oppressed, are constrained to give way to their calumnies, although their integrity might render them as unmovable and impregnable as a rock. This is just a part of that section? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Like, the I mean, man had such an axe to grind. He goes on and on for pages seriously. and pages. I mean, I, I mean... And with such specificity, too. Yes. (laughs) Like, that's like real, like, that's like really specific. Like, well, when she's around the house, she just nurses all these injuries. She just makes these tiny, she just pecks away at you. Pecks and pecks and pecks. (laughs) (laughs) Until you're nothing more than a a ball of wounds. Yeah. Constrained to give way to their calumnies. I mean... Very eloquent, you know. Good writer. I, sure. I wish he. I, I wish he had put the, this the uh, energy into something better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If he had just, if he had just gotten, you know, that that novel he'd been working on published. Yeah, and maybe if like he just talked to women instead of uh, like writing this out, <laughs> instead of there'd be less problems. Every woman he comes across. <laughs> yeah, really, just crazy. <laughs> insane what a crazy man is the, is he known just for this book like what is he famous for i i mean i only am familiar with this work <laughs> i mean that's like enough you know yeah. really we don't need to know anything else to get this whole guy's gist you know yeah yeah and this is what the olivier awards are named after <laughs> that's really, right just that's truly right awful they what give a an award industry. for the most misogynist behavior of the year <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know what, Kyle? Let's turn to something less offensive. Oh, less offensive. Okay. I think we should. In researching the origins of this word calumny, I came across that 
that fantastic word that I mentioned earlier, hagiography or hagiography. I'm yeah, not that's a good sure word. How you pronounce it. It is a book about the lives of saints, a biography of saints, basically. It comes from the prefix hagio or hagio, meaning holy or sacred. So it literally meant sacred writing and then later came oh. to mean writing about a saint. Sure. And finding that word got me thinking about what other little known ography words there might be. Oh, interesting. So I bring you now a little game called Agrophyology, as Love in it. the study of ography words. <laughs> Love it. Oh my God, I'm all for it. <laughs> so I've compiled a list of a few words here, and I thought you could try to guess what they might mean. You know I'm all for figuring out prefixes, so. Yeah, and you absolutely won't because all these words are crazy, but it'll be fun. Uh, I don't know. Column was pretty close <laughs> to calumny, you know. I yeah, could have got, got there. Yeah. All right. Well, this first one I think you might have a shot at. The first one is blogography. Are these are real words or words these that are, you made up? These are real words. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow, 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 Although wow. this word was made up more recently by people on the internet. Sure. So I'm guessing a blogography is like an internet bio? Basically, it is It is a biography written in blog format. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is there a vlogography? I guess it would follow that there would be. Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. The next one is a pathography. 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 I'm going to guess that comes from pathos. Not quite. Okay. I'm going to guess that that comes from pathematics. I've never heard of that word. That's because I made it up. That makes sense. <laughs> Is it the biography of routes? Like paths? No. Trails? I could, I could tell you what word it comes from if that helps. Sure, yes. It come. It is sort of semantically related to pathology as in the study of diseases. Oh. Oh, so it is like the life story of a disease? <laughs> it's close. It's it's the life story of a person who has a disease. Oh. Um, it, it is a biography oh. that emphasizes a person's illnesses, misfortunes, or failures, and how those things influenced their life and work. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah. This next one I have is a plutography. Okay, so Plutography. It's going to come from Pluto. Pluto was Hades. This is about Satan. This is this <laughs> this is the biography of Satan is a Plutography. So, this is a more niche uh thing associated with Plutus or or the ancient Greek word Plutos. It means wealth. Oh, oh, like Plutarch. Yes. So, like, the study of somebody who was wealthy or how, like, wealth, in, not the study of the life story of somebody who was, like, wealthy or had wealth influence them? Basically. Or, like, it is, rags to riches? Yeah. So, it is a depiction or presentation of the lives of rich and famous people, hmm. often uncritically. It was coined by an author who was criticizing shows like you know lifestyles of the rich and famous yeah that were yeah. like oh that's good sort of sensationalizing people who are like obscenely wealthy and and fortunate like keeping up with the kardashians sure all right well i have another ography word for you okay it is a ludography l-u-d yeah oh uh ludo that's a game is it a gambling game is it the study of gamblers 
The uh, history of the life of gamblers? No, but it is related to games. Oh, is it the life of people who toy with people? So uh, this one is not quite a biography. I'll tell you, it is in the vein of words like discography or filmography. Oh, so is it like, oh, a ludography? Is that yeah. like the gamut of all games? Yeah, it is a list of all the games that a game designer has worked on. Oh, that's really fun. Is Isn't that, that like, fun? <laughs> that's so fun. Is that like specifically referring to like digital media or does that also No, work I think with, it like, can mean board games too. Oh my God, I love that so much. Yeah, it's it's wow. like an IMDb list, but for game designers. <laughs> I freaking love that. Yeah. I'm going to go around calling things ludographies. <laughs> Uh, all right. I have one more for you. Yeah, tell me. An adoxography. A-D-O-X-O-graphy. Oh. Adoxography. Dox. Yeah. Dox as in to have the FBI sent to someone's home. <laughs> and A as in to not. So adox here is, this is people, the the life story of people who got away with crimes. <laughs> Uh, no, this one is also uh, not a life story. It is just a type of writing, a type of a, a piece of writing. I think I'm pretty far away on this one. Yeah, so. I'll tell you, it comes from the Latin word adoxus, which means absurd or paradoxical, which comes from the ancient Greek adoxos, which means obscure or ignoble. It's just a just a collection of ignoble, ridiculous things. Not quite. It is crimes. It means an elegant or refined piece of writing that praises a trivial or base subject. Oh. Yeah. That's lovely. Isn't it? It was, I think, basically a rhetorical exercise in like, you know, Victorian times. They'd tell a student like to write a beautiful essay about gout. And it was like, if oh. you can write that, you can write anything. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, I mean, that's like Mozart writing all those songs about farts. <laughs> and that's all we have time for on Butter yeah. No Parsnips. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming. We learned a lot about how to slander each other today. So I hope you use that right. wisely in your home life. Yes. And I hope all the women out there have learned a thing or two. About men. Because <laughs> truly, now you They're know scum. you can't trust us. Absolutely not. Well, uh, I've been Kyle. And I've been Emily, and this has been Butter No Parsnips. See you. Thank you for listening to Butter No Parsnips. Butter No Parsnips is produced by Seth Glicksman, Emily Moyers, and Kyle Imperator. The theme music and additional music is by Kyle Imperator. If you liked listening to this episode, subscribe, and give us a good rating and or positive review wherever you heard it. If you really liked listening, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buttermoparsnips. There you can get bonus content you can't get anywhere else, like the monthly Patreon-exclusive podcast Buttered Parsnips. Your support means the world to us and encourages us to keep making more. Thanks in advance, and we'll be back next week.